Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, guys. The Chiefs defeated the Chargers 31-17, improving to 6-1. Chiefs are now 4-0 in the conference, 2-0 in divisional games. And obviously, Taylor Swift was back at Arrowhead. She wouldn't miss a game. Uh, having the time of her life, some, you know, as you can see here, she's having a drink. She's having a, a good little party here. Um, there were some shots of Jackson Mahomes behind her, like that uh, WWE meme where, like, the guy's coming up behind her. <laughs> yeah, the Undertaker behind her. Yeah, yeah, the Undertaker <laughs> meme. So there's that. And then it looks like she and Brittany and Mahomes have a little custom handshake there. So, honestly, a good day for the Chiefs, a good day for Taylor Swift. Yeah, the Chiefs look like they're playing some of their best football. We've talked yeah. about, I mean, Travis Kelsey had a career day. I appreciate it. And Al Michaels had to be somewhere just <laughs> seething with rage. That on that broadcast, they actually popped the graphic of Travis's performance with Taylor in attendance and without Taylor in attendance, to which they also put left to his own devices a great anti-hero nod and something not lost on the truly initiated. But, Dad, ESPN Stats and Info doubled down on this. In four games with Taylor Swift in attendance, Travis Kelsey is averaging 108 receiving yards per game. In the game she is not, he is averaging 46.5. And, and so we have officially arrived at Taylor Swift deep analytical statistic portion of the ride here, which is incredible. Well, you know what's going to happen. If these two stay together, the Swifties are going to be like, uh, Taylor Swift got Travis Kelsey into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, she already put him on the map, so this is perfect. I, I mean, that would be just the most hilarious thing. But, hey, I, I, think, it's, I think it's cool to see. She's, she's in, in a different element here right now. The other time, at least anyway, I, I don't know as much about her as you guys do, that she was associated with football was at Notre Dame, right? When her brother went to Notre Dame, didn't play yep. football, but her brother was there. Taylor Swift came to one of your practices, which which sent everybody, you Shut know, crazy down, years ago. So that was her one little, at least we know, a foray into the football scene. She's in a different world, usually dating the people, you know, in the entertainment world. And not to say football is in the entertainment world, but I mean, dating someone who, as you may, as as you have said, so we can be nice and not really rip the other guy she's gone out with, someone she can wear high heels around and still look up to a little bit. I'll just it's, leave it at that. <laughs> you know what? She's gotten to have good old-fashioned Midwest fun at a football game. I get, yes, she's in a box, but yeah, it yeah. still feels like the most normal experience that I have to imagine Taylor Swift has had in quite some time. Happy for her. She seems to be having fun, enjoying her time with everybody there, and net positive for the team. Andy Reid said after the game, Taylor could stay as long as she wants because Travis Kelsey had 12 receptions for 179 yards Here's in this game. I don't know what the Chargers were thinking. They interviewed Brandon Staley coming out of the halftime locker room and asked him the obvious question of, are you going to stop the best player on the other team, not named Patrick Mahomes, from just catching balls everywhere all the time. Because, Dad, we know in the history of playing the Chiefs, getting hands on Travis Kelsey near the line of scrimmage has almost always been the formula and was in the second half for the Chargers that they inexplicably decided not to abide by in the first half in ways that are ultimately going to be part of the reason Brandon Staley loses his job here. And, and listen, you find ways to get your best receivers open, motion off the line, whatever, because we've seen that with a Justin Jefferson. We've seen that with a Cooper Cup. We've seen that with a Travis Kelsey. You know the ball's going to them, yet at times you find them open. And, and it, it just kind of blows your mind. And, and you're right about, you know, what's going on in Los Angeles. It's just very, very, very difficult right there right now. But when you don't have a defense that's playing well and you're a defensive coach, you know, you can kind of do the math. Right. Here's what I'm waiting for. 
I'm waiting for another post-Kansas City Chief kind of get-together, one that Andy Reid attends, and at some point of the evening, you look around and you look over and you see Andy Reid and Taylor Swift sitting together, just the two of them, having a conversation. Man, would I want to be in on that one. Just the two of them, just kind of hanging out, would be absolute gold to me. Dad, I can already tell you, because we've also seen, right, the pictures of her hanging out with Donna Kelsey. Yeah. Ed Kelsey yeah. got into the mix, yeah. too. Yeah, he seeing did. her yes, hanging he out did. with Dad is probably the biggest <laughs> yeah. comp for that. But I can tell you exactly what's going to happen when that particular conversation goes down. The mastermind that is Taylor Swift going to hand Andy Reid a cocktail napkin. On that cocktail napkin is a red zone play called Our Song that she drew up that's going to allow Travis Kelsey to go out there, star at quarterback, do something amazing, because as we know, Andy Reid is always open, always taking submissions. Mm -hmm. And who is Taylor Swift, if not someone serial innovator, someone who can't help herself but be creative in every form and fashion that she's allowed. And so it's only a matter of time before Taylor Swift inevitably designs and calls a goal line play for the Kansas City Chiefs. You watch. I, I want, and you guys, the both Jesse, you and Mike are both into the more than I am, right, of this. I really want to know what the Swifties are saying out there, if they really believe that that – Travis Kelsey's career has started because of this because it, it's that's starting to blow my mind of those that don't haven't been around football and if they if they saw the graphic of what he's doing when when she's at a game they're going to be like oh yeah you know she is she has made this guy's career yeah I think they trolling you guys they may <laughs> they may think that but I also think generally the Swifties have really embraced Travis Kelsey like on the internet they love him they love him. The way he holds the way he holds Taylor Swift's hand has been dissected across the internet. I mean, like they are all in on Kelsey Mania. I mean, the but bottom. what what about him is not cool though, right? I mean, he's just he's a fun guy. I mean, him and his brother Jason. I mean, they're they're the tops of everything right now. They're just they're just good people. I will it say is. something hysterical I've noticed is he hasn't worn his earrings since he started like dating Taylor Swift. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, those are things I do not hey, notice. Coachable. So. coachable is what that tells me here. As we have been body language. <laughs> so, football's already a place where people are body language experts. This has only brought it out more. So, Jesse, yeah. let me ask you. Do you think he decided not to do that or she hinted at that? I think he thought maybe her vibe would not be guy with earrings, and he took them out on his own. Okay. There we go. All right. Smart decision there. Yeah. Uh the Taylor Swift effect, undeniable on this. Dad, it has led us to the question that we have asked today, though, which is, who's actually the best team in the NFL? And, and while the Chiefs are going to be an ever-present part of that conversation because they are the defending champions and we are giving them time to work through most of what's gone on in that roster, you look at this game, Travis Kelsey being great, no surprise there. Uh, Rishi Rice continuing to show up there. Yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had some big catches in this game. It's starting to come along for them. We know the way the foundation there is built. But, Dad, the new team throwing their hat in the ring because the 49ers and Eagles are obviously going to be there yes. too. last year's NFC championship game. We've talked about the Dolphins and the Bills a lot. It feels like yesterday was the Baltimore Ravens announcement that they would also like an invitation to the party the way they put it on enthusiastically. A Detroit Lions team that last week was the team yeah. that many, shout out to our good buddy Kevin Clark, went on PTI and said, or around the horn, excuse me, and said, is the best team in football before they promptly got thumped. <clears throat> Dad, this Ravens team, especially now that they are healthy along the offensive line. Our boy, Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, he That was is, 2019 uh, wow. Ronnie Stanley out there taking dudes for a ride through the back of the end zone. That was blindside. That was watching blindside right yes. there. Yeah, yes. wasn't it? <laughs> he, had to, he, had to go, he had to go home, and I started the car for him. And, but, Dad, it was, it was that in the run game. It was giving Lamar Jackson so much time back in the pocket to sit and process yeah. and wait and deliver the ball downfield. That looked like what we had been waiting for all season long. And I think that's part of the reason why, Dad, we had been looking for – It was almost you know, in a way, it's confirmation bias. It's, hey, we know Lamar Jackson's phenomenal. He's skyrocketing right. up the MVP race in the NFL odds-wise. And Todd Munkin, we know what he had been at Georgia and what he had done. And they had talked about in that game the way they had sort of melded hey, a lot of the quarterback run stuff that Greg Roman's doing, awesome. We love that. Todd Munkin loves quarterback run stuff. He was doing it with Stetson Bennett, for God's sakes. 
and the downfield passing things that we were all excited about. We were waiting to confirm the things that we believed were going to happen for this offense, and it seemed like this weekend that we got it. So, Dad, I'd ask you, do they have a claim to be the best team in the NFL based on what we saw this weekend? Uh, they certainly have a claim to it. I'm not putting it there. I, I'm still putting it with Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, to me, is the best team in the NFL. Remember, Baltimore does have two losses. Uh, uh, what, what, the Colts? The Colts and the Steelers. And, and the Steelers, and... You know, you, you sit there and look at uh, the schedule coming up. They have the Browns in a couple of weeks, so that that's a big test against that defense. They play the Cardinals, which play teams tough, the Seahawks, and then the Browns. And the Browns can get somewhere just on their defensive loan. We haven't even talked about them yet. God knows what that offense is doing, and God knows what Deshaun Watson's going to ever be doing at quarterback, but that defense can lead him somewhere, so that's a matchup I'm looking for. But this is what they wanted out of Todd Munkin. I mean, you look at when Lamar was, was playing the last couple of years, there were times he was averaging 13, 15 runs a game. And not all design, des, designed, I mean. Some designed and some obviously because he's a danger and can do it with his legs. Now he's, he's averaging a little over nine carries a game. So that has dropped down just like they thought it would, and the passing has increased. And we'll see if that holds. That's going to be the big question because when push comes to shove – you know, there, there's part of me that says Lamar running is really what's going to set it up. But now he does finally have some receivers to throw to, and not just Mark Andrews, even though it was, you know, tight end day, national tight end day. He's got others to throw to, which he didn't have before. We were kind of screaming for that in Baltimore like we were in Green Bay, weren't we? For Aaron yep. Rodgers is, my God, get some receivers. Get some help over there. And they just didn't do it in Baltimore. And now you have that a little more. So that's huge for this Monk and often. So they're right there in the AFC. I, you know, we're doing this recency bias thing, right? So it's probably can't, it's got to be Kansas City, Baltimore, right? That, that are, even though Baltimore has, has the, the two losses, they got to be next by just by the way we saw them play that game against a really good team in Detroit. It wasn't against one of the lower echelon teams in the NFL. It was against a team we all think is majorly on the rise in the NFL. So I would still put them behind KC. And, you know, it's still San Francisco, Philly, Philly, San Francisco, however you want to do it uh, in the NFC. So I think those are your top four right now based on what we've seen. I think you're right, and you're right to bring up the context of this Lions team. They had won four straight games all by at least two touchdowns. Right. They had scored 20 points in 15 consecutive games. This Lions team is really good, and they plucked the wings off of them like a weird little kid at recess with a fly that he caught. This was as dominant a performance as we'd seen. The Ravens had eight passing plays of at least 20 yards in this game. Only one team, the Chargers, had more in a game so far this season. So it was everything that we hoped to see. And, Dad, the thing is, too, this is who Lamar Jackson has been. Like, we've been rating for a lot of the rest of this to meet around. Though. There's been one game this season where Lamar Jackson has completed less than 70% of his passes. He's been great. He's been playing MVP caliber football, and that, that's kind of been what we've seen from him over the last number of years, but it's usually been on teams that are falling apart around him. It's been Lamar Jackson having to carry an incredibly injured squad, their running back room getting decimated before the season, the offensive line having to basically do a hockey line change during the course of a year, and Lamar Jackson's been made to shoulder that load, and it ends up becoming unsustainable in the second half of the season because even he can only do so much, and so the health of this Ravens team, we know. It's the same case for every team, but man, it feels even more so for them just because of the weight that we've seen Lamar Jackson struggle to carry in the second half of seasons when it gets to be too much there time and time again. And, and let's not forget, I mean, they put up 38. Let's not forget the six on the other side. So let's give Baltimore defense a little yeah, bit of love they're, here they're as incredible. well, right? I mean, Detroit scored in the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's their first score just when the fourth quarter started, and Jameer Gibbs – I uh, had, I think, like a 20 or 21-yard touchdown run. So that's both sides of the ball. You know, an excellent defense and this offense that, as, as we've talked about, how was it going to morph with Todd Munkin? And this right now, now there's a lot of season left, but this, this right here was the blueprint for how they want it to look. But as I mentioned, there's a lot of games left, and I'll, I'll go because that's what we can do. While teams say we got to play every week, and they do, I'll look ahead three games to that Cleveland game because oh. that Cleveland defense, the Cleveland defense, 
Mike, is giving up an average of 18 yards a drive. It That's unheard of, of what they're doing. Miles Garrett could be the biggest freak we've seen in a long time with what he's doing, and he's got a lot of friends helping on that defense. They are, as a former defensive player, man, are they fun to watch. They're incredibly fun to watch, and for the crowd that I can already hear talking about, well, they gave up 38 points to the Indianapolis Colts yep. and Gardner yep. Minshew in this game, they were also only in this game because the defense kept gifting the ball back to their offense, did right. the Miles Garrett-led Cleveland Browns. So I'm with you. That defense has looked like the best division and best defense in football. They're a certified weapon, and it's going to be fascinating to watch that matchup because those are two of the best defenses in football. You're absolutely yes. right. Baltimore deserves credit in that. I'm with you. I think at this point in the season, because we have that 49ers up there for so much, but they still look like the most complete team in football. But a lot of this is, who can I count on not to embarrass me in a big moment? And that's also always going to be the Chiefs until further yep, it is right now. Yep, they are the most trustworthy agree. team in the NFL when it comes to who is the best. And so I would have Kansas City at number one. I would say still on their best day. And we know, a little banged up right now, but... The guys that were injured, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, expected to continue to be available this season. I would probably have the Niners at two, and then you could probably make a real argument for the Baltimore Ravens at number three right now in the NFL. And I think the person forgetting the quarterbacks that you need to put it in glass case, don't break in case of emergency, that needs to be healthy. Would you agree, Travis Kelsey? If you're picking yeah. a non-quarterback yeah. of the top four teams – because we saw them lose by a point without Travis Kelsey in week one against Detroit. But he's, outside of the quarterback, he's that glue. He's that glue. Now they're starting to get other guys, and it's really Rice, the the, the rookie that's been yeah. stepping up for them. But as, as they look for more to step up, to me, the non-quarterback guy is Travis Kelsey of those four teams. At Gojo and Golick on Twitter, where you can vote on our poll of who is the best team in the NFL as we try and figure this out. We've talked about parity in the NFL. There's been this conversation every week, which has been fun and exciting. We've also had a lot of that in the world of college football. We will talk to Richard Johnson, co-host of the great podcast Split Zone Duo, uh, that does a great job covering the whole hog of college football. He also writes for Sports Illustrated. And Dad... College football fans have no shortage of stuff to talk about today. Where were you when you found out that Michigan State had put a picture of Hitler up on their pregame video board? And how is that a real thing that we're saying in 2023? For anyone that missed it during the pregame, Michigan State was getting ready to go and get their doors blown off by Michigan in a rivalry game that they were debating apparently playing because of the sign-stealing thing for Michigan, which is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Get over uh, it. It's just ridiculous. Go out there and take your whooping. But yeah, yeah. In the, it, it, before this game, they were playing on their video board a prepackaged trivia game that they had actually taken without the permission of the creator of the game on YouTube and posted on their video board. It was a 40 historical question and answer uh, bit that they ran the video on the pregame video board and one of the questions sandwiched in between I believe what color was Spock's blood on Star Trek and another question was what country was Adolf Hitler born in which again as the creator of the video came out and said not on its own in the context of historical trivia a terrible thing to ask but when you are Michigan State and you have had any number of different things go on on campus ranging from criminal behavior to accuse criminal behavior, the firing of your coach because he was masturbating on the call with a vendor of the school that also is one of the most prominent sexual assault survivors that we have. All of that is the backdrop to then allow this to happen at your football game. That is one of the most inexcusably stupid things I've seen. I've seen them come out and do the thing about how we're going to talk to the leaders of the Jewish community on campus and you know we don't condone this in the message. I don't think this is some deeply rooted bit of anti-Semitism. What it is is dumb. It's dumb. 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 And it's yeah. lazy. And the fact that you overlooked something like this at this juncture is inexplicable given everything that we've talked about Michigan State has gone through and been a part of so yeah the michigan's athletic director said they suspended that employee who didn't really vet out the questions from a third-party vendor which is the quiz channel on youtube the creator and producer of the quiz channel on youtube which includes hitler's image as part of a quiz said the school didn't ask for permission to use his content or pay him for it and defended his decision to include the question on his platform so i i 
I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It is stupidity. Uh, you know, there are going to be those that say, hey, even the worst parts of history we need to, you know, to learn about and relive. But you yeah, know that's what? that's not what's not, at stake not, here. It's a football not, yes, game. Not a trivia question at a football game on the big video board. I mean, it blows my mind. When I saw that, I'm like, what the hell just happened there? And who's going to get fired for it? Because that was crazy. Crazy ridiculous. Yeah, like you said, Dad, within the context of history, there's history classes on Michigan State's yes, campus, I'm sure. exactly. I'm sure they learn about all the terrible parts of World War II and the things and the lessons that people – but they don't put that image on the video board before a football game where things like this can happen, where a team bottomed out on the field, fired the coach after he masturbated on the call with a vendor, and then had to issue a statement explaining why Hitler was on their video board when they lost 49 to nothing to their biggest rival. That is going down something crazy. We will talk to Richard Johnson, the other co-host of that great show, next here on Gojo and Gola. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great. But everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Let's talk some college football, fellas. So after a heartbreaking loss to Miami in double overtime on Saturday, Clemson head coach Chavo Swinney made a insensitive joke. Take a listen. Some coaches have employed sports psychiatrists. Have you ever done that? Oh, we got him. We got him. He's probably he's probably on suicide watch right now. Uh, <laughs> no louder. Yeah, yeah. We we, we got we got him. Uh, so from. Hitler on the video board to suicide jokes in the postgame presser. Not not great for for college sports over the weekend. No, everyone doing a, a, a big bad job of publicly composing themselves this weekend, as you mentioned, from Michigan State inexplicably allowing a picture of Hitler to be displayed on their video board to now this day. And listen, yeah. this is one of those things, you know, back in the day when I was in the locker room, there used to be, you know, jokes about this. And, you know, we'd hear people say that all the time. It's not a phrase that's. You yeah. Know, Exactly. Not often used, but I also think that was, you know, 2009 to 2012, and I was a dumb college kid, and since then have learned a lot. Dabo Swinney is the leader and face of a program, and a man who publicly composes himself as a church, you know, a God-fearing man, and someone who is a true leader of men, and who takes these things seriously. He said as much in an apology that he put out, basically saying that, yes, this was, you know, I chose my words really poorly here, apologized for all that, and said all the right things that he should have known in the moment there, Dad. We talk, we talk all the time about giving players and coaches a little bit of grace, having to compose themselves post-game in the heat of all of the moment, but this is, to me, just inexcusably foolish to come out of anybody's mouth who's got this kind of leadership platform in that kind of setting. Well, as you said, you guys joked about it as college kids when you were in college. When I was growing up, if somebody said this publicly, everybody laughed. It was... It was it was acceptable. It, it was nobody nobody batted an eye, but we're not in those times right now. And while there are those out there that will still say, "Come on, it, it's a phrase used years ago." Everybody kind of chuckled at it. It's just not the thing to do today. You have to not read the room. You have to read the era that we're in, right? And and this is this is not the place to do that. And as you said, he apologized later for it. But you know, you just you just have to be smarter in choosing your words. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, 
emblematic of what's going on right now for Clemson overall, which is certainly a slide in the football field that we've seen for this team. Uh, that's been a lot for that fan base, and I'm sure that coaching staff to process, which is the kind of frustration that leads to uh, putting your foot in your mouth like that. For more on that and the rest of what we saw over the weekend, excited to welcome in Richard Johnson. You can read him over at Sports Illustrated. You can listen to him as part of the great podcast Split Zone Duo. Richard, what's going on, brother? Oh, uh, we there, there we, we go. go. How there we doing, we boss? Go. Say, uh, I was gonna say it's it's good to be here. I have not gotten both goings ever, so this is fantastic. Well, well let's hold off. At the end of this, you may say you never want to do it again, <laughs> say, yeah. so we're gonna give it some time. The thing I want to know right out of the gate is because we we've gone through air, you know years of it's Alabama or it's Clemson or it's Ohio State. Now we've had Georgia back to back. Realistically, in your mind, how many teams actually have a shot for the national title this year? Right now, I think it's pretty clear it's Georgia, Michigan, and then everybody else. We're going to have to figure out who is going to be that suitable challenger. You know, I, I think you've got a Florida State team that I think is built to make the playoff, but I don't think it's built to win two games in January. You've got a Texas team that I'm still looking. Obviously, they're probably going to have to get past Oklahoma yeah. again um, before they get in. And then there is Oklahoma itself, which obviously looked pretty shaky on Saturday against UCF. Then the West Coast teams. Like, it, it's a lot of teams that I think – are pretty good and a lot of teams that in a 12-team playoff world I would love to watch play each other <laughs> because I do think it would give us some compelling early round games and then the cream rises to the top by the end of the thing but yeah th this year it does seem like we're on a collision course for Georgia and Michigan but the caveats apply for Georgia obviously without Brock Bowers um, they're gonna have to see my beloved Florida Gators this weekend which is wishful thinking for me yeah. the more pressing issue i do think for georgia is in two weeks when they play missouri i think missouri mm -hmm. is going to push them with their offense in a way that and wow i cannot believe i just said that but yeah i think missouri yeah. uh, missouri's offense is going to be able to push them in a couple certain ways and then obviously like look penn state's offense clearly is not up <sighs> to the task but we do need to see michigan's offense against a defense with a pulse like, it, it is fair to request that from the football <laughs> gods in order to fully uh, validate and, and evaluate what Michigan is. Yeah, and evaluating what Michigan is, they've obviously been in the playoff the last couple of years, won the Big Ten the last couple of years. Is there anything you've seen so far, even against inferior competition, that makes you believe all those beat Georgia periods from the offense have netted them some new tool in their arsenal that can have them winning a national title this year? Yeah, honestly. Because I, they are doing to opponents what that 2021 Michigan or excuse me that 2021 Georgia team did to just about everybody except for Alabama in the SEC championship game like they're part of and, and I said this on our show last week on split zone duo like part of the difference between part of the difference between this Michigan team and that Georgia team is perception like we knew that Georgia had shut out or almost shut out a Clemson team Labor Day weekend that season. We didn't know Clemson's offense was mid at the time. We found it out a little, a little bit later. But Georgia's defense traded on that until they got into the thick of their SEC schedule and they really got rolling. Michigan just doesn't have that signature win that you say, okay, well, they did it against them and they did it against everybody else. But, man, you can only play the schedule that's in front of you. And it's – I mean, it's almost impossible – to play a schedule in front of you better than Michigan is playing this schedule. I mean, it's, it is comprehensive every single week. I mean, I, I they went up 14, nothing on Saturday night and I was like, all right, we're done here. And I turned the TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've gone through two questions of the top teams in college football and the school Alabama has not been mentioned yet. They sit there with one loss to Texas by 10 early in the season Nick Saban has to be happy because they're flying under the radar and he doesn't have to use the word rat poison for the media. Do they have a shot? Let's get it, put it all the way when they can get to Georgia, if and when they get to Georgia, do they have a shot to be in this thing? Yeah, you know, you, you look at this Alabama team and you say, well, they're eking out wins and they're eking out wins, and, and but they're eking out wins. And, and Saturday wasn't eking it out. I mean, Saturday was beating that Tennessee team. Um, you know, they took Tennessee's best stuff in the first part of that game and said, all right, we got you. And then they they tightened up. Obviously, that defense is, is everything it's been billed to be, in my opinion. And I think they found something with Jalen Milrow. They found enough with Jalen Milrow. They, they have – Jermaine Burton is absolutely broken out. Um, and they've said, Jalen, we don't need you throwing on the intermediate windows of the field. That's too much timing. That's too much accuracy. We won't need that. <laughs> Throw it deep or pull it and go. We're going to have enough with our stock run game – 
we can add some quarterback run game pieces on it and and do enough i'm i'm worried about that offense if it has to chase against lsu um but other than that i mean they've they've gotten through the biggest landmines on the schedule to date you know i I know the auburn game always gets weird but i don't think this auburn team is pushing them um when we get to the iron bowl at the end of the season it it does seem like they're going to show up in the sec championship game with one loss and you know we saw two years ago that an alabama team that probably isn't that great can get in that spot and and make something happen just because of all the talent that they have we've talked about a lot of contenders let's talk about one that feels like they're now firmly on the outside only got about a minute left here richard how broken is this usc machine under lincoln riley right now or is this just a utah problem for them i think it's both i mean the usc team like to me USC is not being built like Lincoln Riley is not building this USC team like he built those Oklahoma teams. Those Oklahoma teams were a firm foundation on offense built on a slobber knocking run game. This team does not have that. Whether they're going to get it, we'll see. But they do not have enough of a foundation of a run game for the other stuff to work against good opponents. Now, they can come with hellfire and brimstone against the Colorados of the world uh, and Arizona States and, and and the teams that they are just better than and Caleb will just make something happen. But when it gets down to it, and, and I haven't even mentioned the defense, but when it gets down to it with that offense, that offense is just, uh, you know, it, it's just another air raid offense to me um, or air raid plus, if you want to call it that. It's been a mighty struggle the last couple of weeks for that team, humbled to say the least, and I think all the reasons you mentioned are absolutely right. Richard, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Everybody check out Split Zone Duo. Make sure you're reading Richard as well. Always doing a great job covering the whole hog of this fine sport. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, fellas. Coming up next, let's take a look ahead to Monday Night Football and see what this 49ers team has to say about the best team in the NFL next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Week 7 will come to a close tonight when the 49ers are going to try to bounce back from their first loss of the season. They're facing the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Now, unfortunately, both of these squads are going to be without some of the best playmakers in the NFL. We got wide receivers Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, both ruled out due to injury. And then, of course, running back Christian McCaffrey, questionable with an oblique injury. Fellas, let's get into a little Monday Night Football preview. Yeah, Dad, this is going to be fascinating for all the reasons that Jesse mentioned, the, the who's not going to be out there. But as we have spent some part of the last week, a lot of the landscape asking the questions about Brock Purdy and about what he is without some of those key weapons and how it looked last week in the midst of a game where he was losing those weapons around him one at a time during a football game where it's extremely difficult to adjust. This is me hanging out with Brandon Newman so much and loving him dearly, but in becoming apparently a Brock Purdy defender, I think we're going to see a pretty darn good game from Brock Purdy walking into a game with a full understanding of who their weapons are on the field, even though they will be a little bit more limited than they are used to, knowing that going in with the game plan that they're going to be able to craft against the Vikings defense on the other side that we know this season especially 
has that Wink Martindale feel of, we're going to throw the house at you on every play. No coordinator head coach is as good at getting answers to their players and quarterback as Kyle Shanahan is. And so I think it's a great opportunity for a Brock Purdy bounce back game that sort of resets the conversation into a place that is much more normal than it's been on the spectrum so far in his career. So let, let's look at it and, and look at numbers and then get into how you break it down on the field because you were an offensive lineman dealing with different looks. Brian Flores running this defense in Minnesota in what he does in bringing pressure. Sent five or more rushers, 60% of passing plays this year. That's number one in the NFL, basically by far in a league it's, now. It's also the most since sports radar began yeah. tracking blitzes in 2007. So this is unprecedented <laughs> blitzing territory for anybody in the NFL. They sent uh, they they 82% blitz rate against the Chargers, 75% blitz rate against the Bears. They're bringing the house. In a league where you're playing a little more softer zone, this is the antithesis of that. This is being aggressive. So, looking at it from, and we've mentioned the players that may or may not be available. We know what the full complement of players, which they won't have because we know Debo is going to be out, that how difficult this offense is. So now talk about it from the offensive side of it. And and what a lot of times, sometimes you blitz and sometimes you give the illusion of blitz to confuse. And that's what a lot yeah. of this is, right? Either bring the house, bring more than they have to block. And because remember, when you say bring five, there are five offensive linemen. So technically you would think everybody would be one-on-one, -on -one, but a lot of times it's how you bring the five. And a lot of times one ends up free unless you're leaving a back end or you're chipping somewhere somehow, some way. So jump into that a little bit from the offensive side of it. When you get a team that throws so much at you, how disciplined you have to be, especially on that old line. Well, and there's different ways that people blitz, right? And I think that's appropriate to bring up with Brian Flores. And we mentioned Wink Martindale on this also because they're similar. <laughs> there's teams that are going to blitz from depth, right? That are going to try and not show where they're coming from, not tip their hand, present a very vanilla picture, and then have you responding after that to try and make it difficult. And then there's these guys that are going to want to get up and force the issue. And you see, we call them all up looks where you've got six or seven guys right up along the line of scrimmage. And what that does is it forces you to make a decision, right? Either with play call or protection. Hey, based on the information we've got, so the quarterback's looking out at the scene, he's looking and seeing, where are the safeties tilted? Who does it look like is covering who? And what does that tell me about who might be coming on the blitz? And then you see the guys do the mic point and protection and figure out who's the offensive line going to block, who's the running back going to block, and as important as anything for the quarterback, in situations like this where you're dealing with five, six, sometimes seven-man pressures where you've got no safety back there, who does the quarterback know is potentially coming free at the snap? And is everybody on the same page with that? But to your point, Dad, you can only do so much with the information you got. And so if we decide, hey, our five guys, we're going to slide right because we think these five guys are the ones most likely to come. And you make that decision pre-snap. And it's like being in a marriage. Hey, if we're going to be wrong, we're going to be wrong together. Right. And we're both yeah. going to know exactly what's going on. You got five guys in a marriage that are getting ready to, if we're going to be wrong, be wrong together and be on the same page with each other in this fight. But then if the defense drops out that way and brings two guys the other way, yeah, you could have five guys blocking two on one side and have these guys leak free over on the other side. So it makes you use all of the past information that you've got and all that to decide, all right, how are we going to protect this? And then if not, what other plays are you going to do? And that's always the interesting part to me as far as the answers that Kyle Shanahan gives his team. They're a great screen outfit. They've got so many players that can do so many different things that those are the things that you kind of do to try and take the teeth out of that blitz early on because dad you know this if a defense gets home and sees their blitz work a couple times you're just gonna keep seeing that same thing over yeah. and over again and they're gonna wear you out with it so you've got to find answers early from a play call standpoint and a lot of those tend to be running into it screens all the things that we know to try and brush it back a little bit and make life easier for yourself so before i have my my say on this when you mentioned just like a marriage when both you want both to be wrong, be wrong together. Jesse made a really interesting. Yeah, phase. I was so, curious about so that face because I'm married. Jesse's married. Mike, you're not married yet. You felt the need to bring in how married couples should act, and Jesse I mean, gave me really. Jesse, I, that's why I was making that face because Gojo was like, "Well, you know, when you're in a marriage," and I was like. <laughs> Oh, when you're in a marriage? Well, Break I'm, it down I'm, for us, Mike. I'm just, all right, let's put it this way. Am I wrong? 
Yes. What Would do you, you mean be wrong together? Be wrong so to you're, rarely. So you're, there, so Jesse, always, you're saying if you're in an argument in public and you're arguing on a point that might end up being wrong, you would want your husband to come up and publicly correct you in the middle of that argument. Well, I, no, but like. That's what I'm talking about is being an offensive lineman is, hey, if my buddy, if we're sliding to the wrong guy and I know it, but that's who we've declared, I got to be there with him so that we're wrong together. Dad, tell me I'm wrong on this. All right. You, you, you've qualified it a little more by saying yes. in public. Because in public. That's, yeah, I yeah. Mean, where, are we playing these football games in private? No. Well, you, you, no you, you've assumed. You just threw out a general <laughs> statement of if you're married, you know, be wrong, you know, be together. wrong together. Okay. Yeah. That there's a all lot right, to that. Public, all right. Be wrong together. Okay. Well, okay. I asked you. That yes. qualifies it a little bit. I okay. get it. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong about I'm, being in public. In you public. want you want a united front in public. That, yes. You left that out. That's why it you got a face from us. I have us. to explain that considering we're talking about a public football game. I'm not you talking need, about being wrong in practice. Like you need to explain. You need to explain. Yeah. Because you most arguments, guys. most arguments happen in the house, to yes. be honest with you, not out in public. I'm not so. talking about arguments between, again, we're talking about being a team. It feels weird that I have to explain. Oh, now you're not you even talking about an argument between husband and wife. You're talking about an argument with another. Boy, you're really changing the parameters of what I'm we not really changing heard. The right, parameters. Jesse? This yeah. is the exact parameters I laid Jesse. out. But apparently, I got to explain yeah. relationships and marriage to you guys. Oh. It makes me a little bit worried for everybody else involved. I don't know what's going on at home right now. I'm going to check in on everybody here. I got to so. see if my mom's happy at this point now because she's got my dad over here not being able to clearly read signals. This is what happens. <laughs> when you marry on the defensive side of the ball boy this is a guy wow this is a guy who's now talking to eat up the rest of the segment while deflecting jesse because you and i both understand where he went with that and understand how general he spoke about it yeah maybe it's a married person thing i don't know yeah maybe maybe it is put it on the poll guillermo is it a married person thing? yeah so real quickly about that and the one thing that san francisco does do remember they they miami um and kansas city run a lot of motion Yep. You know, they, they run a lot of motion to get a lot of information. So that that truly is like a chess match of moving all the pieces around, seeing if you can decipher anything from the defense to see what the defense is eventually going to give you. But just remember, if you're going to be in an, or you're going to be wrong, be wrong together. It's like motion is like when you got your kids running around oh, the house God, here and we they're go. going into a different room. And now all of a sudden you got to split up and you got to go take the one out there because they're trying to stick a fork in a light socket. And the other one's trying to pour puffs all over the floor. You guys get it. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just like, yeah. you know, you know what we're talking You're about. You're so right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we ever doubted you. No, I don't know why, I don't know why don't... you do either. You'd be a lot yeah. better off if you would take just your, listen to me. Your sage exactly advice. Blindly on, listen to on, your on parenting and marriage. Marriage and parenting, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're. You know what? We're sorry. Let That's me take some notes. Pad. Does anybody yeah, have a pad you. and paper? I could. Well, yeah. luckily we have a break coming up. We can get some more in. He thank can give God. us some more valuable information. Thank God. You guys get your pen and pad ready. Coming up next, we will give a master class on stadium security here on Gojo Solar. Brought to you by Wrangler jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights in styles that are going to keep you warm and keep you comfortable, moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere, at work, out at night, playing a pickup game with your friends, or at home watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable. And there's a Wrangler shirt for every occasion. You got casual tees, snaps, and button-ups, or you can layer them together for a little bit of both. And don't forget about the iconic Wrangler jackets. No, no, no. When the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. Add some Wrangler to your getup with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great, so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code GOJO15. Wrangler, for the ride of life. Welcome back to Gojo and Gold. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., and Jesse Cofield here on a show where not only did I have to explain marriage to two married people who didn't understand it, but now during the break, I've got to explain marching band parts to these two grown adults who have both gone to college, who have both seen bands up close, and who yet have no idea what a sousaphone is relative to a tuba or the differences that they carry. Really sad stuff from you guys today. You could be the smartest person known to mankind. Yeah, that must be why you're still single. That's oh, you know it's just too much. Oh, 
for any one person. Mm -hmm. My my wife is just head in hands right now. (laughs) Absolutely head in hands. All right, mom. It just means I got a lot of love for a lot of different people. Oh, Uh, God. Wow. Your poor mother. What is that? This, that, and the third. Three quick Uh, stories to finish off your day. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+. Plus or wherever you watch us. And if you missed any of our great stuff today, including our guest, Richard Johnson from Split Zone Duo, you can get that wherever you get your podcast or right after we're done on the show on the DraftKings YouTube channel. The video is all right there. Guys, speaking of video, let's get to this incredible footage. So we had Alabama and Tennessee playing this weekend. The Tennessee Volunteers take a loss in this game. Alabama continues their march toward the promised land. But one man's march ended this weekend. Take a look at the post-game footage of a fan trying to run out onto the field getting met by a security guard with force. Good God almighty. Dad, you came up and were at ESPN during the full jacked up era. This would have been prime (laughs) jacked up material. I mean, that also would have been a fine and a suspension because there was a launch involved and you're not allowed to launch anymore. I, I mean, what a hit. But let, let's be honest here. Completely unnecessary, yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say. Mean, oh, come on. This is post-game. There's nobody around. The guy is no threat to anybody at all. If you got a packed stadium and someone's running around, I get it, play everything. There's nobody in that stadium. This dude, I mean, this guy went overboard and smoking this guy. I mean, and then they're trying to drag him off the field. He got well, up he, and flexed on him. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, he he did. But th- there was, which just goes to show how drunk he had to be to, oh, to yeah. not feel the, the, the next day, the feeling, the effects. But, yeah, there are times when you really want to smoke a dude. This wasn't one of them. The this was not, not was in like post-game. in a light jog. Yeah. Like, he yeah. wasn't even, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, you this never was a little know much. what these fans could be coming on to the field with. It there was nobody a- on the field. There was nobody in the stadium. There were one, two, three, at least four other people on the field out there with that fan. You don't know what that person could have been doing. And quite honestly, the reason I'm going to fight so hard for this is I mentioned jacked up. We now live in a day and age where we understand the effects of those hits more so than ever. We don't have segments that celebrate that kind of carnage because we are aware that these people are putting their bodies on a line in a way that could have long-term ramifications, and we're all dealing with that a little bit more. But one of the last bastions of sanctioned violence of this kind is when a fan enters the arena where you immediately forfeit your physical rights and put your fate in somebody else's hand because you're entering the space that you don't belong and we've got to treat you as a threat because you could be because the one time you don't could be the one time a bad thing happens and so dad jesse this is the last place we can legally have these kind of hits in the sport and i'm going to continue to celebrate that okay fair enough I we and we both completely disagree because I'm normally with you. Pack stadium, players on the field, you don't know what's going to happen. The freaking stadium stadium is empty. This dude is just trying to relive a day and and think he should be out on the field as well, reliving because that was completely uncalled for. I mean, based on that hit, he might should be because he absolutely. Oh, he'd be suspended though. I mean, that's the only problem is he wouldn't be around the next game because he would he would get tossed for targeting got to lower the target zone a little bit but bring that same gusto there force Ah. mass times acceleration uh guys let's get to that jesse it feels like we should at some point institute the magic johnson tweet of the week on this show but in the meantime we will just settle for this that the third yeah he just came out with his in-depth analysis once again disappointing 14-7 loss for my commanders to the new york giants It's hard to win in the NFL when you only score seven points. Guys, he's not wrong, but again, just I don't I don't get it. He just comes out on the internet with the most basic it's like saying to win you have to score more points than the other team. Yeah. We know. We know. I mean, I I love how he says it's hard in the NFL to win. It's hard in any and he, I mean, I don't care if you're playing Pee Wee football. If if you're playing <laughs> hockey though, and you score seven yeah, points, yeah. pretty easy to win. Pretty yeah. easy to win. Seems like yeah. you should win that game. Baseball, even I'd say, if you score seven runs, so probably should have probably should have said football instead of just the NFL. But since he's, he has part ownership of Washington, that's why I said it. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of the king of the Captain Obvious uh, a tweet that everybody usually has fun with. Do you think he just One has the- an alarm on his phone and he's like, tweet about game? And then he's just like, okay, got to blast and, and one do we out. Think, 
Do we think when he hits send, he's like, yeah, got a good one out there? Yeah, I think he's Imagine like... Did it to him again. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I do want to believe, too, that it's truly him and that these are truly his thoughts because the conspiracy theorist in me and the cynic wonders if it's such a bit now that he's got someone else in charge of his social media ah. who's out there to tweet the most Magic Johnson thing possible as we perceive it. Anytime something like this happens, I want to, I'm going to mind the man behind the curtain and choose to suspend disbelief and just think that Magic Johnson actually just believes this with his whole heart and hits send, like you said, Dad, believing he has just authored the best tweet of the weekend. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think because that conspiracy theory would be a bummer. If, in fact, they're just doing it now instead of this just being who Magic is and, and what he does, you know, and being heartfelt Magic Johnson. Stat Hole Sports, who does the uh, stat guy, I think for pardon my take, tweeted below this. I ran the numbers. Teams that scored exactly seven points since 1970 are 32, 974, and four. So it is confirmed mm. hard to okay. win only scoring seven points. So he's right. Uh, Again, not yeah, wrong. <clears throat> I don't know. Magic Johnson may not have been wrong once. We're still waiting to find out how right he's ever been and if Magic Johnson is ever going to really go above and beyond and be predictive. The day we get a Magic Johnson prediction, go and take that to the bank, bet the house on it, because that man and certainty go hand in hand. Jesse, let's get to the third and celebrate some large excellence on our way out this Monday morning. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned before we started here that you had to explain uh, an instrument to us. So West Allegheny's offensive lineman actually came out and was playing the trombone at halftime with his band. The tweet, um, or the in the video here, as you can take a look, it said trumpet, but it is a trombone, so take a look. Anyone listening on the podcast, out it. Solid-sized offensive line. He's so big. He's so big compared to everybody else in the band. But good on him. Yeah. Yes. Listen, you were you were a big old lineman, and you played the saxophone growing up. That was that was your thing. So much so, Jesse. We had family picnics where oh, I grew man. up in Cleveland, uh, like four times a year with my my parents and their uh, people that they grew up with. These really nice picnics. And one year, I don't know how old you were, Mike. Um, it, it, this wasn't last year. It was obviously when he was a kid. Uh-huh. I was twenty-four. Mike, Mike played the national anthem on his on his saxophone for the start of the picnic, and w- was so bummed at the at. W- it was fine. It was fine. He's a little kid playing the saxophone. He like sat in the one building. I think it was crying because he felt he played it horribly. I did. I did play it terribly. My, the standard Mike, is the standard. Mike, all right. Mike is a very was very sensitive young man. Oh, and uh, yeah, we I, were I all there. Sta- I had high standards for myself, and I did not meet those standards. You were like three years old. I mean, come on. And I was at traveled. least in the fifth grade because that's when I started playing the saxophone. You okay. traveled all the way with your saxophone. Oh man, yeah. yeah. He felt he laid an egg. Yeah. So everybody, you know, immediately just starts drinking and go to the picnic, and then we look around, and there's Mike in the the little shed where you where we store stuff. He's in they're tearing up and we're like dude what are you doing i mean like yeah like he said he's in fifth grade so i immediately gave him a beer to kind of you know wash things over yeah Yeah. started drinking the same age my dad started drinking right around 13 (laughs) yeah duh yeah why not the first time i played the saxophone in fifth grade i actually passed out i did the breathing so wrong my band instructor had to catch me by the saxophone that was around my neck to hold me up as I felt the darkness take over and the light leave my eyes. Uh, Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.